0: And Georgia, I think you mentioned the other day too that a small space might cause a dancer to make subtle adjustments to their alignment. That was a really, really good point of yours, yeah, because if that's learned, if you're spending four weeks in this confined space constantly repeating that poor motor skill or that poor technical skill, you're going to go back to the dance class with that poor technical skill and then we will take a lot of time to unwind and unpack and start again. So just be mindful of not having to scrunch yourself up physically into a tiny space.
1: Hello and welcome to the podcast for ballerinas, adult ballerinas, parents of ballerinas and everyone in between. I'm your host, Georgia Canning also known as The Balance Ballerina, and it's my mission to break down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet. Through my own studios and ballet-related businesses, I'm all about providing space and content for people from all walks of life to experience and enjoy the many benefits of ballet. Each month, I'll bring you industry leaders and thought-provoking guests who will hopefully inspire you to lead a more balanced life, full of grace, with a little grit. Hello beautiful Balance Ballerinas, how are you all feeling this week? I'll be honest, I'm feeling better than last, which is good, and I hope you are too. Now, if you ever feel like sharing your thoughts, feelings, questions, concerns, or maybe even a photo of your current home studio, you can do so in the private Balance Ballerinas Facebook group. Simply search, click join, and I'll be sure to add you. Now on to today's guest, Deborah is a musculoskeletal physiotherapist and dance physiotherapist with 30 years experience in the assessment and treatment of dancers and performing artists. Deborah is also the director of the Dancers Clinic in Sydney here in Australia and a lecturer in anatomy and injury prevention for dancers, teachers and allied health professionals. In other words, she is the perfect person to bring on the podcast to discuss staying active and positive and just safe whilst dancing at home during this strange period of isolation we're all currently experiencing. Deborah is also internationally recognized in the field of dance medicine and frequently presents papers as an invited speaker at national and international dance medicine conferences, such as the International Association for Dance Medicine and Science, also known by many of you as IADMS, where she actually also sits on the board of directors. Now, if you follow me on social media or listen to the previous two solo podcast episodes since coronavirus hit, you will have picked up that I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned about everyone performing pirouettes on tiles or Grand Allegro in their garage. And I guess this is why my dance studio didn't automatically transfer our entire timetable to online in haste. Instead, we slowly wound down and I did what I do best. Consulted and spoke to leaders in our industry who I trust wholeheartedly. One of my first phone calls was to friend of the pod, Marie walton Mann, founder of Progressing Ballet Technique. In between converting her entire PBT syllabus into a family-friendly version, complete with equipment substitutes like skateboards instead of Swiss balls, to keep everyone active during this time, Marie so kindly took my calls and introduced me to Deborah. Now, little did Marie know that Deborah has actually been on my list. Yes, I do have a list of dream guests for the podcast for quite some time now. So I jumped at the opportunity to do a remote interview. Now, I think it's really important to prioritize our physical and mental health during this time, to try maintain our conditioning instead of kicking new goals. And Deborah agrees. As Marie so famously says, the body is forever. And to complement that, I think we need to consider another friend of the pod's daily mantra, slow, tender, surrender, which is what Global Lululemon Ambassador Ali Maz mentioned in episode number 36 of her podcast episode with me. And she also said how important it is to listen to our bodies for our mental health and that slow, tender surrender couldn't be more pertinent to the current situation we all currently find ourselves in. Now, in this episode, Deborah and I discuss the benefits of staying active during this time, creating a safe space to condition and train and the importance of not playing catch up as teachers when this is all over. Deborah also provides some really practical ideas, solutions and some suggestions whilst sprinkling the perfect dose of encouragement to all of us who are missing our studios, our teachers and our students and just our community right now so very much. It was an absolute honour to speak with Deborah, and I'd like to thank her for being such a willing participant and jumping at the chance to appear on the podcast and I hope we can meet and connect in real life soon. So here you go, here's Deborah Crookshanks.
0: Here we are. Welcome, Deborah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yes, and I really that's okay.
1: It's a pleasure to talk to you. Now, before we get into it, can you please share with the listeners just a little bit about yourself before we get going?
0: Okay, so I have been a dance physiotherapist for many, many years. Um, I was fortunate enough to be able to treat touring companies through Sydney and. Um, ballet companies when they would tour. I was also fortunate enough to tutor anatomy at the Royal Academy of Dance way back in the day to teach a dance course at the University of New South Wales. I'm the author of the Safe Dance 3 project through um, the Australia Dance Council, Ausdance. I've just been on the board of directors of the International Association for Dance Medicine and Science, or IADAMS, Uh, for the last six years and had to step away as I'd completed my three two-year terms and was fortunate enough then to be elected chair of the Ethics Committee of IADAMS. So I'm really thrilled to remain involved with the International Dance Medicine Association or the the International Dance Medicine Community, if you like, as well as treating dancers here um, in Sydney in the practices that I work at so a lot of experience from professionals right down to those little recreational or very first little baby ballerinas of five or six years old I start with and then go right up to the pre-elite and elite so it's a wonderful opportunity I have to be involved with young dancers to help them with their education as far as looking after themselves, staying fit, making sensible choices when they're choosing what they might copy from, you know, the whole Insta culture. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the creativity, just saying, please don't stop being creative, just analyse it, look at it. If you've got any questions, just come and ask one of us who know what we're doing and we'll help you. Fantastic. So
1: this is probably why Marie thought you were the perfect person for me to talk to. (laughs)
0: Yes, yeah, Marie and I go back way, way, way back. So uh, yeah, it was very lovely of her to suggest that you and I chat today. I'm so glad. Well, where should we start? Should we,
1: I think we should start on maybe a bit of a positive. Should we start with the benefits of staying active? Because I think that's a real concern for everyone about how we're going to stay active during this
0: uh, COVID curfew. I think it is. And I think we've all felt a little bit lost initially. And, and this stopping the spread of COVID-19, it really means unprecedented changes in our daily routine. Absolutely unprecedented. But staying healthy. And I think as important, staying healthy for our loved ones and our perhaps our elderly grandparents, that's the priority. So physical activity, we know it's essential to our health. We absolutely know we all have to be doing it. And for dancers, that means maintaining some dance fitness. And I'm sure dancers have just launched into, oh, my goodness, suddenly my studio closed down. What can I do? I'm going to go to YouTube and I'm going to jump all over the place to try and maintain my fitness. Might not always be the best choice. So from in a little nutshell, physical activity, it optimises our health, It maintains our immune system, which will keep us healthier to fight even the cold or the influenza that's gonna come our way in winter. So I would say to dancers, we're in isolation, just prepare for it, accept it, accept it as a wonderful challenge, plan your days and enjoy it. Just own it, take hold of it, plan your days, and then it becomes a really positive thing for you. So, positives to making time for dance classes at home, there are many, many positives. You're going to stay fit, keep your flexibility, stay strong. We want you to maintain your technical acuity, your technical ability, because you are going to return to dance class. You will be there. Might not be. In yes. the seat of the boat. It's going to happen. So whilst it feels like with this cast, you know, cast adrift island without any sort of support, it will return to normal. I think it helps us to keep a positive mental attitude. I think a lot of us feel not quite in control of our situation. Everything we know has been taken away from us. It's like, no, I can be in charge of this. I can program some floor bar. I can do some some bar at the kitchen bench. You know, I think we can have this positive mental attitude and it'll get us through and it'll help us to make good choices. As we said, our our positives of making time for your dance classes at home, it's also going to support your immune system as well as you still need to be thinking about eating well, snacking sensibly, keeping hydrated. And if if all of that, I think that empowerment too, just lifts our mood. We just feel better. We feel a bit more like, great, I've done my dance class for today. I've just done an hour bar or I've done a 30-minute PBT uh, Mat, for example, if you don't have the uh, equipment. And then I've done a 30 minute bar.
1: Definitely. I, it's just so important.
0: Like, I know even this morning,
1: I, I feel like the last week, because everyone's lives have been just thrown upside down, and a lot of dance teachers, you know, listen to this podcast and they'll know how that felt. I feel like I've been sitting in front of a computer screen for a week. And this morning, I went for a run, and I probably haven't done that in years. Mm-hmm. And I feel better. I feel a lot better. So it is important to keep active.
0: Yeah. And you know, it might not be always dance, as you've just said, go out and have a walk. If you're not a runner or go out and have a run or yeah, there's just so much that we can do to stay fit. And I think mixing it up like that, not getting up and doing the same, 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 same. So set goals is what I would say. And if you've got, a little diary or a bit of spare paper from your computer printer set your goals vary your training one day as we said it might be mat work floor bar next day it might be at the bar slash kitchen bench and you might go all the way up to develop so mix it up keep it interesting don't make it repetitive day after day boredom will derail your goals So try to keep it as positive as you can. And what's also interesting, research over the last few years has shown that just watching a ballet or watching someone perform a particular movement or a particular sequence, that practising of that imagery engages exactly the same part of the brain as when you're performing that movement yourself. That's so true. It is, isn't it? It's so interesting that that you can stimulate that part of the brain. You can almost have that skill popped into your brain software and you haven't even stood up to take a step. So don't forget perhaps watching, uh, I think the, the the Opera House here in Sydney is live streaming some, some ballets as is the SBS, I think. So you can actually look at some ballets or just look at little snippets of ballet and practice certain a technique that that maybe you think you need to improve a little bit on. Um, also, Georgia, I think you and I discussed the other day that if you've had an injury, and as a physiotherapist, this is what I tend to see most, especially as students have returned from the Christmas break, they're back into classes and they're doing simple things like they're quickly rising to point, they haven't, they've lost the knowledge of exactly where they are over the block and they've rolled over their point pointe and sprained their ankle or you've yeah. stubbed your toe or you've got this really sort of simple little niggle. A lot of students have started full-time this year and they've come to new studios where the work is very, very diff- different to what they're used to. So there's a lot of these little niggles or simple injuries that if you don't take the time to allow them to settle now, you're going to have them in term two and term three. So, this is a really good opportunity for you to just go, okay, I need to rest my body. I'm not going to be doing turns in pirouettes when I'm at home with my class, ballet class. I'm just going to do some plie. I'm going to do some fondue, waiting through that leg or some gentle tondues. There are. Or even, or
1: even the pirouette preparation, just yeah. holding onto your kitchen bench as a bar, like without the turn. That can be so useful. That's it. Yes.
0: Yeah. So there are ways of of just giving the body a chance. The body's got to adjust to what's happening too as much as we do. So, yeah, just letting your injury settle, giving time for it to settle. Go back to your basics. What are your corrections in class, in bar class, if your teacher is constantly saying to you, Please don't curl your toes. Why do you curl your toes in a tondu? Why? (laughs) Go back and just practice your tondu. We want to see your toenails. This is what I say to my students. I don't want to see your knuckles at the end of a tondue. I still want to be able to see your toenails. I want to know that you can tondue and keep your toes long, not going into that clawed toe position. So simple little things like that. Practice the tondues, keep the toes long practice the enfondue with the weight over that that um stand yeah,
1: supporting like, yeah, yeah. kneecap
0: over the second toe just go back to your basics practice that and it's a really nice time to refine Port de bras, yes it is isn't it Full yes it turns-
1: mayna, mayna mayna gilgood put up a fantastic instagram post about you know the four things that you can concentrate on and she said one of them was what you've already mentioned that, you know, just simply watching ballet is, you know, yeah. getting it in the brain, but also Air Pormone, port you can do that seated in a chair. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep, and it's beautiful. Put on some ballet music. There are plenty of ballet <clears throat> music apps. I think there's, there's one for free that I use called Ballet Class, and it's great. You just pop it on and off you go. whisk yourself away to a world of wonder and ballet
1: fantastic there's always a silver lining isn't there i mean if a student is injured at the moment or they were experiencing a bit of a niggle like now is the perfect time to condition and to monitor that and to perhaps if they do have um Uh, their physiotherapist or practitioner available, they can conference in with them. And, you know, I think we were discussing this the other day. What options do we have there if a student does want to, um, does have an injury and does need to contact someone and monitor it during this time?
0: So certainly in Sydney where I am, and I would say generally, uh, the Australian Physiotherapy Association and its members have very quickly Um, taken up zoom yeah I don't know why but a lot of my colleagues were using it using it very successfully so it's like right yep let's do zoom and I think our certainly my dancers know how to contact me they've got my email just because of the uh, little reports I write back to their parents after I've seen them and you know I give them a, a bit of a pricey of what we found yes. in session, what we did, what exercises the students been given. So they've got my email and I have reached out and said, look, you know, I, most of, I think my studios are conducting classes online via Zoom, but I've said, you know, if I can help you remotely, please let me know. So I think just reaching out that way, letting students know that there is some medical support there or physiotherapy support there if they need it. Um. Is the way that i'm going to manage my dances yes that's good if um i think let's have a talk about space
1: now so creating a safe space at home that you can practice and and also the benefits of creating a space you know i guess it's going into routine and and ritual
0: mm, yeah it is there are a few obstacles i think that that do need to be addressed um, to to safely dance at home and you're absolutely right space is the first one and then as we go down I'll sort of mention footwear flooring equipment but yep, the space a lot of folks have at home might not be ideal so you need to clear yourself a suitable at home space you need to look around and go okay what space do I have And if it's limited, that's fine. You won't be doing your fouettes. You won't be doing your grand allegro. That's okay. You can condition in other ways. And so there might be a space that's big enough for you inside, for example, that's big enough for you to perform your bar and maybe a little bit of centre, flat centre on a rise, centre without turns. But I would encourage everyone to just take a look around. Make sure there's no coffee tables chairs, plants, the last thing you need to be doing is kicking over your parents' plants. Or those <laughs> that are likely to be in your way because of all the years I've been in practice, we've seen so many students with broken toes, actually fractured their toe, trying to practice their pirouettes in a small hotel room while they were overseas for... Oh, my you know, gosh. Oh, no, Jeanne, Prix de Lausanne, nothing will bring your audition to an end quick more quickly than kicking your toe on something in a small space you break your toe and then in this instance you're going to be in a walking boot for six weeks yeah. eight weeks so that won't really help your stay at home dance fitness anyway so yeah just look around and make sure that your space is safe for you
1: and it certainly won't help your mental
0: um, health <laughs> no exactly exactly yes yes <laughs>
1: and and also i guess during a time where our health systems are, are are really packed and really busy and trying the best they can it's probably best that we all
0: just look after ourselves and not do anything that's going to make us end up in there that's true isn't it the last thing casualty needs is for a young dancer to turn to turn up with a fractured toe from doing something that is preventable yeah yeah and so do you want to talk about flooring? I just want to say oh, you look out for pets. There's, oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of um, YouTube or things being posted on Facebook now of, of dancers going through their little home routine. And there's dogs jumping on them and cats sneaking in and out. And it's very cute, but just make sure that your pet isn't going to derail your class and make you fall over or, you know, do something a yes. little bit silly.
1: I'm guilty of that. My my dog hero, everyone who listens to this podcast or has watched a couple of videos of mine has seen him wander in and out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I um, always got to check whether he's there. That's it. Yeah, just check. Where are they? Make sure they stay there. Yeah, that's it. And Georgia, I think you mentioned the other day too that a small space might cause a dancer to make subtle adjustments to their alignment. Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah. Thank you for bringing it up. That was a really, really good point of yours, yeah, because if that's learned, if you're spending four weeks in this confined space constantly repeating that poor motor skill or that poor technical skill, you're going to go back to the dance class with that poor technical skill and then yes. that will take a lot of time to unwind and unpack and start again. So just be mindful of not having to scrunch yourself up physically into a tiny space
1: yes and- making yourself smaller and your movements smaller whereas if you're in the studio you're elongating and lengthening and making your movements you know quite large I think yeah that's something to be wary of
0: yeah yeah okay yeah so footwear look just it sounds a little bit sort of basic but just choose the appropriate footwear for what you are proposing to do the space you're in and the flooring you're on. So in with dancers, or certainly I just ref, with dancers, you've got the choice of socks, your ballet slippers, jazz shoes, bare feet. I know some students will want to be practising their point work as well and that's fine. I would suggest you do it at a bench or bar or the back mm-hmm. of the sofa just with fingertip control. But just please take care in your point shoes on slippery floors that block yes. is so tiny and if you just even go off the corner of that on a slippery floor whoosh, you'll go over the top so mm. just be mindful of the flooring and, and your footwear and make some sensible decisions there definitely yeah.
1: um speaking of flooring if i mean i'm really lucky at home i've got Um, timber floorboards Mm. Um, if if you don't have that and you only have tiles and a garage floor is it just a no-go or or is it just a a case of maybe not doing releves or jumps or
0: yeah I think if you don't have suitable flooring think about putting down a yoga mat like a fairly decent Spongy yoga mat, or if you have younger brothers and sisters, younger siblings, they might indeed have that interlocking foam mats. You know, they look like Great pieces, and they all kind of stick in together to make a mat, and, and they're actually quite reasonable as well. They're quite good and quite reasonably priced, I think. So concrete if you have a concrete garage there is no jumping for you that's it no jumping because again
1: Deborah's Deborah said no everyone <laughs> yeah.
0: no <laughs> yeah it's not negotiable because shin splints will take six to eight weeks to settle and then that's a nightmare again that's you don't you don't need to waste that amount of time because you went a little bit crazy and did some jumps on a concrete floor yeah uh, tiles. Again, they are non-resilient. They give you nothing back. There is no shock absorption in a tile. And if you think of your flooring at at your ballet studio, even though you might not think about it, there is a little bit of rebound in it. It just indents a little tiny bit and then bounces back when you jump or fuerte and tiles will not have that rebound. It doesn't give you back that energy to just get you back up and into your movement so tiles and concrete you really are as we said you either pad it with a suitable flooring alternative like a yoga mat like those foam interlock pads um i mean if you're clever enough you can get harlequin to send you a nice off cut of one of their floors but they won't be open (laughs) right now either (laughs) Um, yeah so just take care, I think, just exercise some common sense and say to yourself, hmm, is this likely to result in an injury? Hmm. Mm. If the answer is possibly, don't do it. <laughs> to Refuse. True.
1: <clears throat> I We have um, at my studio, we've got a, a beautiful sprung floor with Harlequin Quintucket. and mm. I had to teach last year at another studio for two days and um it, it didn't have my nice flooring that I'm used to every day. Mm. And my gosh, I felt the difference Yeah, a week after that. Like for, for about a week, my body, my knees, everything. And I guess something... Um, a lot of the students especially that are younger children they they won't appreciate that till they get a little bit older but um if you are an adult ballerina you'll certainly feel the difference if you start doing things that are a bit appropriate inappropriate for home
0: (laughs) that's it and you know that's how you learn I suppose isn't it that's how you learn yeah so I I
1: guess I guess the um I guess the take-home message is that we really just need to as students maintain and condition and try as best as
0: possible to to keep what we have. <laughs> That's it. That's it, isn't it? You are you're not out to improve your your expertise right now. You're you're out to maintain what you have. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So that when you return to class, you return probably two-thirds of, of, of how you left. You are going to lose a little bit of that cardiovascular dance specific fitness that's fine your teachers will have as well so we can only presume that when you go back there will be that gradual increasing back to that type of fitness but yes just maintaining your flexibility your fitness a little bit of your strength for your turnout yeah those basic things that's a a really good point to make that you're just looking to maintain where you are and rather than improve you know too much on your own
1: yeah, and to be easy on ourselves about that and to be kind to ourselves because, you know, we're all in this together and, and to not worry too much because you will get back to where you were um, yeah. as long as, you know, you just do a bit of conditioning each day and just be gentle with yourself. That's it,
0: yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's really nicely said. So as for equipment, a lot of students do have, certainly a lot of my students, you say, do you have the ball, the exercise ball? Yes. Oh you have the little Pilates ball you know the little tiny Pilates ball yes oh do you have TheraBand yes perfect um, but for a lot of our students they perhaps don't and given that everyone's probably at home in isolation at the moment mum dad however many other siblings you have they probably don't want a giant ball rolling around the place so probably not <laughs> <laughs> taking up space so you might have to just sacrifice that or you might have to do some of your ball work in your bedroom within the space you have. But just make sure if you are going to use a ball that it's the right height for you. You know, if you're a four-foot ballerina, don't go and grab a 90-centimetre Swiss ball because that's what dad uses because it will be too big for you and you perhaps won't be able to do the exercises that you're used to doing with it. Also make point. Make sure that your balls are inflated correctly. So many students go, we've got a Swiss ball, it's out in the garage. I'll go and get it. (laughs) Um, But if that ball is all squishy, you imagine sitting on a nice firm ball and then imagine sitting on a ball that's really saggy. The first thing you're going to over-recruit are your hip flexors in the front of your hip because you're sitting too far down into the ball. Yes. Then... The hip flexors are sort of the bad guys of a lot of technical faults. So you really don't want that either. So use a ball if you're going to that's the right size for you and make sure that it's correctly inflated. Um
1: that's a that's a really good point. Um and that
0: there's also um
1: uh so Marie's been really busy, Marie Waldman who you. who I keep mentioning, who connected us, um, she has been adapting all her progressing ballet technique exercises with tools and props that you might have at home. And so she promised that, of course, she has done that so quickly. Um, she's promised that she's going to release that soon at a, at a very cheap price for families to all jump on and do together, which is awesome. She's using skateboards. She's using couches. And, yep. and you know, so if you don't have a fancy yoga ball or Pilates balls, which lots of students don't have, um, that might be a really good option to, to have a look at.
0: Yes, Yep, yep, because you're right, you can do a lot of your glute work and a lot of your abdominal work with your knees up over the couch so that your hips and knees are at 90 degrees. Or if you're doing the PBT, the progressing ballet technique style glutes, you just have your ankles crossed on the couch, absolutely. And the little ball, um, the Pilates-style ball, just use a cushion. And as you said, Marie, on her on her tummy, on her skateboard... Doing her hilarious job off the wall in clean socks, everyone clean socks. Don't use dirty socks on your parents' wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's look, everyone is so creative, but as a student, as a dance teacher, make sure that your contacts are credible. You know, I often try to say to my students, don't look at sites that say, you know, I love to be fit.com or something. You know, go where you know. <laughs> Sites are credible, like Balanced Ballerinas, like Progressing Ballet Technique, like the Australian Ballet Company. They have great YouTube videos on how to strengthen your feet and ankles, those single leg rises that we're all encouraged to do in prep for point, beautiful long toes pressing into the soft ball, the soft Pilates ball. Um, I have trained my students who don't have a Pilates ball to do a very safe an accurate Demi point to point in their TheraBand um, so just go to trusted sites go to credible sites where you know it's safe it's been researched rather than just some fitness person who wants to put themselves out there in their beautiful fitness clothes.
1: I feel very honoured that you just popped me in the same category as PBT and Aussie Ballet. Thanks Deborah. You're, welcome.
0: <laughs> You're very welcome.
1: Um, Um, Now, we were also going to discuss about after the pandemic and and what teachers just need to be mindful of, myself included.
0: (laughs) Yeah, look, I think teachers need to be aware that themselves and their dancers will have lost a little bit of match fitness. They will have lost a little bit of fitness. So if I could please encourage the teachers not to expect your students to be able to do a full Grand Allegro class or a a full hour on point of all the tricky things like fouettes and hops and turns. And just be mindful your students have lost a bit of fitness and they will need to be gradually progressed back to where they left off, a little bit like when they go away over the Christmas break and then students come back and they have lost some condition. And we know from years and years and years of research over and over again here in Australia, overseas, England, Europe, you are more likely to sustain an injury in the first three weeks back following a break. We know this. So in that first three weeks back to class for dance teachers themselves and their students, be mindful. you have to gradually work back up to where you were.
1: Definitely. I guess now is the time to practice patience, isn't it? And that's what ballet is all about, patience. So we've been training for this, guys. We'll be okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Um, Physiotherapists use the term load. So Mm. about the load, you know, you you do a rise to demi point, that's a load. You then do a little, just a little saute. That's a little bit more of a load you then do 10 sautés. That's a further increase of a load. So we don't want to get fancy. We don't want to do your head in with the physiology of load. But I think if teachers just understand or, or hear that concept of load, then they can go, yeah, I get that. That's what we do in our bar class. You know, we start with demi-plie first and just tondu. Then we go into grand plie. Then we do some glissé or some battement. That's all load. So that's how you can yeah. gradually progress your, your students back. Yep. And as you said, Definitely. practice patience. Um, yeah, I was going to also say that just as a little bit of a challenge to the dancers out there that, you know, you're going to do your classes and we've encouraged you to mix it up and keep it fresh and don't get bored and don't derail yourself. And maybe you could have a little challenge. You could have a little choreography challenge and say to your friends great let's choreograph a two minute solo to this piece of music in our little tiny spaces and then let's get back in two or three days and see what we've all done and have a bit of a laugh about it so I think students can sort of be encouraged to be creative as well in the time that's a great idea I like that Hmm. and look dancers Mm. it's interesting I think this time if if we can help and encourage dancers to get through this time positively they're going to come out the other end far more resilient
1: i think so too hmm. i think so too we'll have learned there, there has there has to be a reason for this there has to be a, a light at the end of the tunnel and a and a, a positive repercussion of staying home
0: <laughs> that's it that's it be creative be positive enjoy the challenge none of us like it we're all in the same boat but like you had your run. I went for a walk yesterday down around a little body of water where I am and found a houseboat. Who knew? Yeah. So well, <laughs> not only did I just do 45 minutes of moderate intensive exercise, I saw some new things. So, you know, I think we just be positive and I, I am actually writing down I'm actually keeping a diary so I know what I've done on what day, but not a psycho diary, just a, oh, I did this, <laughs> this 45-minute walk and this 2k on the treadmill and this and that and you know i think i'll look back at the end of each week and go oh i'm proud that's good that's
1: actually a really, really good idea. And I think that's one concern that I sort of had, especially with my students. And so what I, what I did do, and I put it out into the public on the Balanced Ballerinas um, boutique that people can download for free, I'm doing just a little schedule and I've actually created the schedule just as much for me as I have the students. Yeah. Like for example, Mondays is all about releasing a new podcast episode and we're all going to do a bit of Monday meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm, I'm going to ha- host a couple of private Zoom classes But then Wednesdays is all about going to the YouTube channel and and dissecting one of the videos. And then, you know, Friday, we're going to do something else. So it's just a schedule. Oh, and Saturdays is yoga. We're doing like a ballet inspired yoga, Deborah. So, Mm. yeah. So just, I think, developing a little bit of a schedule that just suits you and, and it it doesn't have to be my schedule that I've put up, although I woke up this morning and it was so lovely to see so many people have already downloaded it, which is lovely, which means then I better get onto it. Um, (laughs) But um, I think it's just building, a. it's going to look different, but building some kind of routine to keep us all
0: on track and and happy. (laughs) That's it. And that's so varied. Like yoga, yoga is just wonderful, isn't it? Yoga is I do a sun salute every single day without fail, without fail. And you'd be surprised at the beginning. Well, I'm surprised. At the beginning, you think, oh, those hamstrings, oh, that low back. And by the time you've done, you know, you've come to the end to do your final big, deep breath, like, whew, I feel good now. I feel better. Yeah. So I really like the idea that you've got yoga in there as, as an adjunct, as a really, really important adjunct. To dance training because not only is it flexibility it's strength and it's meditative it puts you back in control it's, it's lovely oh i'm going down and you can do it just schedule. oh awesome well you
1: can do it in a um the other thing with yoga is you can do it in a small space and if you have a yoga mat pretty much almost any floor <laughs> so exactly yep mm-hmm yep Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I actually have to admit I did have you on my, I have a list of a lot of amazing people within our industry that I want to talk to and I had planned on contacting you when I was next in Sydney to do this in person before any of this even happened. So... I was really thrilled when Marie hooked us up and um,
0: so I've spoken to you sooner than I than I thought, which is a nice positive out of the situation. So yes, isn't it? No, it's really nice. It's nice to chat and, of course, let me know when you're in Sydney. I'll show you the house. I
1: will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Deborah, for giving a little bit of light and a little bit of common sense to the Balanced Ballerinas community. It means the world to me.
0: Thank you, Georgia. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
1: I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did recording it. You can find Deborah at The Dancer's Clinic on Facebook and contact her via email at physio4dancers at Now, this past week... My Balance Ballerinas and I have all been following the hashtag stay home BB schedule, which you can download from the Balance Ballerinas online boutique for free. It's just a PDF file and it's just keeping us a little bit accountable and Bringing just a little bit of balletic vibes to our week whilst, you know, the days roll into one and we wake up and we're not sure what day it is. The schedule was created just as much for me as it was for you. So if you are interested, head to www.balanceballerinas.com shop and you'll find the stay home schedule right at the top of the boutique. Click on it, download it, it's free and just join in the fun. On Mondays we have meditation and obviously a new episode of the podcast drops Tuesdays and Thursdays I do my private zoom classes if you are interested in those email me hello at balanceballerinas.com and I'll be sure to tell you how you can do that on Wednesdays we'll be doing hump day homework with my YouTube tutorials if you haven't already jump on and subscribe to the balance ballerinas um, YouTube channel And then Fridays, we have a glass during class, which you'll have to head to Instagram to see what that's all about. And then Saturdays, we do a beautiful, deep Swan Lake-inspired yoga practice with friend of the pod, Laura Trimble-Thompson. Have a fantastic week, everybody. I love you all very much. Take care of yourself. Look after yourself. Be safe. We'll get through this.